0: What's up, team? I am here today with Walden Weeks and Tara Todd, and to we are going to do Essentials, a live, sort part of, of live, the ADHD pre-recorded. I guess we're going to do a pre-recorded Q and i I'm your host, Brendan Mahan. Not a whole lot of front commercials and that kind I'm of stuff. Although I do want Lolly to share with us a little bit about a project trainer, she has and going consultant. on right now. I can be reached to support at Brendan parents and at to ADHDEssentials and I'm going to here at ADHD Essentials, we help families develop the skills. And the purpose of today's needed episode needed to better manage is attention a of deficit, questions, hyperactivity disorder. About, hey, I'm home with my kids. Visit ADHDessentials.com for more details. Oh my God, what do I do? Which is what I'm hearing from folks. Uh, I'm going to own it. I should have posted this a little while ago, but I didn't because, like everyone else, COVID-19 has me a little thrown, and the sh- sands are shifting, and I've had to adjust and, and make decisions around when to do things. And related to that, this episode will not be wonderfully edited it's not going to be super impressive. I'm not sending it to my editing guy. I'm going to flip this and post it pretty quick because good enough is good enough. And that is a lesson that we all need to learn. So if you hear like a cough or like a glitch or stuff, you don't typically hear on this podcast, take that as a reminder that what you're doing is good enough and it's okay to have some flaws. (laughs) And with that, I will turn things over to Lolly. So please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what's going on.
1: Yeah, well, Lolly Weeks, Fast Brain Coaching. And I work predominantly with students and parents. And and, uh, when schools started closing and I was thinking, what are we all going to do with these kids at home and creating some structure and some support? Uh, I got together with a few other coaches, and we created the online learning student support network. Of Right now, we have six coaches, a couple of others who may join us, but we're running weekly kind of school strategy planning sessions. So to help kids kind of Figure out what they need to do and when they're going to do it, and where can they get help now that they're not able to stop by a teacher's office after school or to a resource or some other resource. And then we're also going to be running parent strategy sessions to help parents kind of figure out how not to get sucked into the micromanagement vortex, but also help create some structures and support their students um, and make space. For their own work now that most parents are also telecommuting. And then we're also running virtual study halls. So we'll have small groups of kids log into Zoom. Yeah.
0: And and what's the age range that you're
1: we've got for? coaches that work with a wide range of students, but predominantly middle school, high school, and college.
0: Awesome. Um and my second question yeah. is I know there are some parents out there who are doing other stuff, either instead of school or in addition to school, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking anything from like the various NASA lessons that are being posted by that organization, or like Dave Pilkey teaches you how to draw, or my kid is is a scout and trying to earn merit badges. Is that something you're going to be supporting as well? Or are you looking mostly at school stuff?
1: Right now, we're looking at helping them in terms of navigating school work that is being expected to be completed and turned in. Cool. So the virtual study hall, you know, bring an assignment or something that you're working on, and we'll have some working sessions and wrap up with kind of where are you at? What do you need to still get done? Um, and give them just a little opportunity to also maybe meet some students from around the country, you know, cool. who are also dealing with the same things.
0: and. Is that up and running? Are you still collecting people and getting started? No, nope, it's
1: up and running. Um, if you go to online learning, com, we've got a schedule up and running of uh, the student planning sessions and the virtual study halls uh, every day of the week, I think except Saturday. Um, and the parent strategy sessions will be launching uh, next week. And they're all really affordable. We wanted to keep costs down because we know a lot of families are concerned about finances in the long run. So, But we wanted to create a resource that people could dive into if they felt like they needed to put a little structure into this strange new landscape that we're all navigating.
0: Awesome. And I'll be joining in to do some parent stuff yeah. in the not-too-distant future, which I'm pretty excited about, actually. Um, is it easy to share the cost structure for that? Or is that something we should go to the website and find?
1: Uh, it's right now it's $10, uh, $10 for a virtual study hall session, which is nine, 45 minutes. Um, and then the uh, strategy sessions are going to be $15. And that's also a 45 minute session. And you're going to get one. And in some cases, two coaches who are going to share strategies and tips you know, from the coaching trenches and what we've seen that's been successful with other clients that you can try for yourselves.
0: Awesome. So it's super affordable yep. for those who need that, that lower price point. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. And Kira?
2: Um, well, I'm an ADHD coach in Arlington, Virginia. I work with middle, some middle school students, mostly high school students and college students. Um, and I, <laughs> I've i been continuing to work with the students that I have obviously during this time. I've also been using my coaching skills to deal with a returning college student uh, who's living back at home again. Um, and I'm lucky enough to have been invited to join Lolly and a group of other coaches on her online platform to sort of extend what we can do. Because I think what, a lot of us are looking to do is to find where and how we can help.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I agree. That's the point of this Q&A. Um, so let's start there. Let's go into the Q&A and see what we can okay. do to help. These questions have been sent by individual people, but a lot of them will expand to everyone. Some of them are a little super specific and we might need to broad, broaden them out a little bit, but but I think they're all mostly pretty effective. So the first one that we're going to go to is about sleep and structure and those sorts of things. My 18-year-old ADHD is not a great sleep pattern with being off of school, so not in a great sleep pattern now that school is done. They're going to bed late. They sleep in late. Um, Mom thinks the schedule change and the lack of routine is throwing off her son's mood completely. He wants to make his own choices, but schoolwork isn't one of them. (laughs) Uh, This has been an issue for the last week, week and a half. So what do we do with this kid who's not sleeping and not doing schoolwork? I,
2: I, you know, I would start off just by saying, and this is probably something I'll say a couple of times. If there was ever a choose your battles time, this is it. So if sleep is like your number one concern, Make that like your singular thing that you really want to sort of have a conversation about with your son. And if you, if that's like the, like if there's not a lot of other noise with other things that might just make it easier for you two to have that conversation.
0: Awesome. I think and-
1: it's, I have to say it's really hard because there's, that no, without those structures of like, I have to get on the bus, I have to get to school, and all those things, it is tough. And I think also, can you split the difference? You know, can you, yes, there's no school. So maybe, you know, yes, you might go to bed a little bit later, but try and connect it to where things are impacting during the course of the day, when something's tough, help them see, you know, so this situation may, might be better if you've had a more little more sleep or something, you know, to connect it to a point of action during the day.
0: Mm-hmm. And big picture, uh, it's good enough is good enough, right? Like it's okay yeah. to be doing a mm-hmm. bad job at stuff right now, including your kid. It's okay to be derailed for a week or maybe even two and then get back on the horse, right? Right. Right. And it's also important to look at what our goals are when it comes to education right now. I understand he's 18. So this could be college or high school. It's a little hard to tell. Mm -hmm. For, for our school age kids, elementary school, middle school, high school, the goal right now is to not lose ground. It is not to gain ground. We're not trying to, add additional knowledges at the moment we're trying to keep from forgetting our multiplication tables and if you can gain ground fantastic and especially as times change because everything is really fluid right now schools might change that perspective as we move into like april and may but every teacher i've spoken to has said to me the objective here is to not lose skills so let's keep reading let's keep doing math let's do that stuff but if your kid doesn't know how to do trigonometry, it's okay if they don't learn how to do trigonometry. Mm-hmm. As long as they keep their algebra skills, sort of a thing. Um, and, but recognizing 18 is, is a little bit of a cusp year. So some colleges are, have shifted to online learning and they're pushing the online learning and they're just continuing on their way. And also some private schools are doing that too. That's also Mm -hmm. a situation that's going on. But for public schools where we don't know who has what resource and whether or not they can even get on the internet, we're trying to just maintain. Um, And so have that perspective, unless your school has said otherwise, your school beats me, they know more because they're your school system. But broadly speaking, if you're not having clear communication from your school system, assume that it's a maintenance scenario right now. And also um, ask, send an email. Ask questions. You're allowed.
1: I think, too, what are some other things if she's seeing a mood shift? What are some other things in his day that might help that mood? You know, getting outside, uh, you know, exercise, uh, you know, finding some other activities that will enhance that and certainly getting outside and getting some fresh air and sunshine could do a world for his mood and also maybe help him sleep.
0: Right. Yeah. Especially that exercise part. I know my guys seven o'clock at night rolls around and all of a sudden it's like they drank a bottle of Coke because they're all hopped up and have the zoomies and are running around. And Mm -hmm. Gavin was actually going last night. (laughs) He literally had the zoomies. Um, And so today we went for a nice long walk and got outside in the hopes to exhaust them. And I'm going to have to do that again with them in a little while because- I've
1: been sending my guys out to jump on the trampoline for 30 minutes.
0: I keep telling my wife I'm going to buy one. And she's like, if you, if they break an arm, we can't go to the hospital. And I'm like, uh, I think we might need to buy one anyway. Um, but that's a me and my wife conversation. I don't know how it will go. Yep. <laughs> I'm trying to whittle her down. <laughs> um, Cause it's, it's a low hanging fruit. That's an easy way to get some pretty intense exercise. Yeah. And I know my guys would love it. All right. So next question. Um, I recently had to return to Australia because I was laid off and my visa was going to expire. I left behind an American girlfriend and a cat. Knowing it may be months before we can see each other. What tips would you have for us to keep close, sane and purposeful in our communication? This is not just for people who are continents away. This is for people who are live next door to each other at the moment. So how do we maintain mm-hmm. that connection and how do we keep close and sane, whether it's an intimate relationship like this one is, or just a regular friendship? Anybody want to start?
1: I think that I was listening to Kamala Harris uh, being interviewed yesterday. And I love that she said, you know, she was finding herself picking up the phone and calling instead of texting much more often and being very purposeful in calling, you know, people specifically, uh, you know, maybe that she hadn't talked to in a while or things, but that she found herself picking up the phone. Obviously that's more challenging when you're talking about Australia to the U S but I thought it was an interesting shift because I am finding I'm doing that as well. Um, That, you know, it's nice to hear the voice or zoom with a friend um, but just hear that voice where we might just shoot off a quick one line text. Yeah.
2: yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna add to that Lolly. I don't think I had FaceTimed my mother in years and I loved being able to see her face because the voice wasn't even quite enough. Like I wanted to see the person like, I needed that sort of feedback just to feel okay and comfortable. Um, the other thing I started doing was making appointments to have a coffee with a friend once a week, like just making the time to like put it in our calendar. And then we both stop, we sit down, we have our cup of coffee or tea or whatever. And and we do this, you know, we talk to each other and we see each other if possible. I mean, I, I don't know what's possible in that particular relationship. um, But, you know, just make the time. Um, my daughter goes on walks with friends Cause that's something she likes to do. So she puts a headphone in her with her phone and they each go on a walk wherever they are.
0: Oh, that's, that's a neat cool. idea. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. And like you guys mentioned, zoom is huge. Zoom is a really effective strategy or FaceTime or whatever, whatever it is that you elect to do. Um We've got my in-laws and my family scheduled for a regular weekly meeting where we all get together and there's like, I don't know there's like 8 or 10 of us depending on which family is connecting and talking and we just do it I've, tonight later on this evening I'm meeting with my dad and my two sisters and my brother-in-law my niece and nephew and whoever else might be in this in their house cuz my nephew had some of his grad school friends move in with them for the time being cuz otherwise they would have been all by themselves but that's a great that's a great thing to do to keep in contact with family and we're going to be seeing my family more often than we usually do. Typically we get together like once a month. We're seeing each other every week now. Um, mm-hmm. And eventually it's going to get boring and there's going to be nothing to talk about, but that's okay. Right. That means maybe you have to have a family book club or something. You can talk about the book well, and club.
1: that's what I was thinking. Whatever. You know, he did say, um, you know, being more uh, intentional, mm-hmm. I think, you know, and I think, you know, do they, share a hobby or an interest or is there some place they always wanted to travel to like maybe creating you know a book club's a great idea or hey let's plan that african safari we've always wanted to go on or the six month backpacking around europe and and do that you know while you're on zoom or and kind of now that you even though you're apart you have this unique time where We don't have as many demands on our time yep. sometimes. And so could you use that in a really creative, collaborative way as a couple so that when you come back together, you have this plan, you know, when we're through this period, you know, you're like, okay, now we have to save the money to go on this grand adventure or whatever.
0: And and also um, you can have like a family watch party where you all watch the same show. That can actually be done through Zoom. I don't know about copyright rules and stuff for that. I don't know how uh, like legal it is, but there is a scenario where you could all watch a YouTube video together over Zoom. I and think Netflix whoever the host is can share well, the video by sharing their screen and their audio and then you can all be there and talking with each other.
1: Netflix has a Chrome ex- extension that you can install so you can yep. watch the same movie together and I noticed also and maybe i just am the last person to notice this but facebook has just launched if you're watching a video on facebook you can create a watch party and invite facebook friends to watch whatever video you're watching
0: cool with you awesome and and another option is things like tabletopia or tabletopia which are online board game apps so you can play mm. board games. doesn't matter where you are. You can play board games America to Australia. Uh, one thing to consider with the America to Australia stuff, though, is time zones. So be mindful of that and figure out when, when you're awake, when you're tired, when you're doing okay, what's the best time to meet around work and all that stuff. And make sure that if it has to suck, it sucks for one of you, and then it sucks for the other one, and then it sucks for one of you, and then it sucks for the other one. <laughs> it doesn't suck for one of you the whole time. Like, swap that out because that's only fair. Um, and so, yeah, this this is just the time to maintain those connections in new and unique ways, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right, so our next question. Wondering what your tips would be when we need to transition mm-hmm. back into things once this is over. Kids I'm working with are loving the time and freedom we have right now. I feel that uh, they really need to some help once school starts back up because the interest in activities they've been doing are far, few and far between and any ideas for smoothing that transition. First off um, less freedom. Like they've got to do some work. They've got to be doing some math stuff. They've got to be reading. You have to maintain structure in whatever way you can. And that's going to vary based on family and that's okay. But you have to maintain some of it so that when you transition back, it's not as hard. And also my guess is that when we transition back, it's going to be gentle. Like stuff is going to open up slowly and it's not going to be sudden school is back in session. And so if that's the case, as soon as you start to hear that like, Oh, these stores have opened up or this thing is suddenly happening again, start rebuilding some structure around when you wake up and when you go to bed and all that kind of stuff so that that part of the transition is not so hard.
1: We kind of, I allowed my guy, my two boys who are 12 and 14, that first week, you know, I made it a very intentional, you get free range a little bit, you know? They got to stay up wicked late. They got to play a lot more video gaming than they usually would. Um, But I I set that, you know, that's for this week. You get kind of like a snow day week. And then that Sunday, we had it, Sunday evening over dinner. We kind of had a regrouping as a family in terms of what are reasonable expectations and some structure. You know, and kind, we all as a, as a family kind of explored that. And one of the things was, you know, okay, I let you sleep in really late, but what's a reasonable time? So, you know, nobody sleeps in past 10 o'clock. You know, um, because that's when they have their online school. And we started doing uh, a giant post-it note on the microwave of chores and things that needed to be done and who needed to do it. And a time, you know, it needs to be all done by this time. But we're going to give you the luxury of determining when you're going to do it in the course of your day. And literally saying, okay, hey, you've got these things. When are you going to do the schoolwork? When are you going to vacuum? you know, when are you going to walk the dog? So it's giving them some structure and some accountability and hopefully we'll keep them in that routine. But I think you're right. I think things are going to, they're not all of a sudden going to be going to school all day and going to baseball practice. And, you know, I think that we're going to have to, but I think it's going to be important to keep them in some kind of structure. So that transition isn't so dramatic.
0: Kira, any thoughts?
2: Well, as I was reading the question, I was reading it as they've been completely free and now they're going to online school again, or they will be. Is that how you were understanding it? Or do were you seeing them going back to school school?
0: I was thinking back to school school.
2: When they go back to school school, I mean, I've already heard kids who have never said this say, I'm so excited to go back to school. Like, I think the energy is going to change. And it's it's just gonna be a completely different ball game. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm I not sure what it's gonna look like exactly. And I, I, I don't know, I, I might just, I might almost advise you just to stay present. Like yeah. we're here right now, just be here right now and figure out what you need and you will figure out what you need later when we get there.
1: I think I we have to approach it like we do in the fall when they're transitioning from summertime to getting right. back to school it's not all that much different. And I know I almost fell over when my 12 year old turned to me yesterday and said, you know, mom, I kind of actually do miss school. And, it, and I said, Oh, well you miss your friends, but you know, you've been, they've been zooming and they've been going on bike rides around the neighborhood. And he's like, no, like I actually miss being at school. And I was like, Oh, and I asked him, like, why? What, what do you miss? And he's like, well, you know, I can talk to my teachers when I have questions. And it was really apparent, like, he missed school. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> Maybe they'll come to have a new appreciation for that.
0: It could be. Yeah. Hopefully. I'm hoping that's what happened to my kids. Um, so next one. My 12-year-old has the ADHD. My challenge will be, uh, should I run the house like a school schedule or make it more fun? One of the challenges I've always had is when I try to tell him what we're doing ahead of time, it annoys him. And if I don't, he waits until the end of the day or he gets upset because it's not happening or because it's just all of a sudden you have to do it. And she doesn't know which one is best. So one of the ways to approach this is just set goals for each day look, you're doing it whenever you're doing it, but here's the stuff you got to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. That way the kid kind of has some some wiggle room and some space, but you've got to check in on those goals at least three, maybe four times throughout the day, right? So you kind of let them know what's happening. Then midway to lunch, you tell them. Then at lunchtime, you remind them. And then mm-hmm. midway to dinner, you tell them because it better be done by dinner. Yeah, And then you have dinner. And if it's not done, at dinner time, maybe that's when you start getting a little more stern and cranky about it. And also be aware of what can get kicked to tomorrow. Maybe they can, maybe it doesn't all have to happen today. Maybe they can do today's stuff and tomorrow's stuff. So plan the whole week out and then break the goals down from there and include them in all of this. Help them make these decisions, help them figure out what the goals are going to be. Yeah, school might be dictating some of it, but maybe not all of it. That's part of how you make it fun.
1: Yeah. And I think there's a great opportunity to, like you said, maybe on a Wednesday, you kick the schoolwork can to Thursday. um, But you decide to watch a really cool documentary on a subject that, you know, your son's really interested in, you know, um, maybe you mix that up or you, you know, take the dog for a hike. Mm-hmm.
0: Kira, yeah. how about you?
2: Well, I would say the, the, the big thing is, so everyone has a different um, way that works for them, right? The adults, the kids, everyone. Like some people like to have like a pretty strict schedule. Some people like, I, I, I personally like the, these are my two things. I don't care when they happen, but they have to happen kind of strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever you're going to do, I would say do it together. Like integrate your schedules, talk to one another about your like, must like and really think about it like really prioritize what's really has to happen versus like I'd, I'd like this but yeah like if I did have to kick, the, kick it down the road to the next day like find your must and then ask your child like what are their must like what do they have to have in their day so that it's a collaboration between the two of you and then ask them like okay well how can we put this together like how can we make mine mm-hmm. work with yours and then it's um it builds something together and they're going to probably tell you some stuff that will be very helpful for you to know about how they feel about things or just like even, you know, what they need. Like maybe they need something you didn't realize, like maybe they need a break at a certain time of day or they need to go outside and jump on the trampoline. If you're lucky enough to have one,
0: I'm you so know, jealous.
2: right. I'm super <laughs> jealous too, actually. I used to have one and then I was like, "Ah, oh, we don't need that anymore. Get rid of it. But, um, yeah, no. I, so, so, my emphasis would be uh, collaborate ahead of time, have a conversation, basically, awesome. and don't yeah. try to run it like the school. It's it's not school. That's not the expectation. It's it's this strange hybrid school home. Make it something different.
1: Yeah, I think my I think we all these, need to think about what. I think parents feel are feeling pressure that they have to meet some standard, that they have to make sure that their kid is doing all these certain things. And I think too, we need to be, we need to give ourselves as parents a little space and not put too much pressure on ourselves. Like they have to be going to bed at a certain time and they have to sit to schedule. Ask yourself what's important for you and your family. And don't worry so much about what you think the next door neighbors think you should be doing. Yeah, <laughs> you know?
0: One of the things that and this this connects to the next two questions as well which I'll I'll read those and then I'm going to mention something cuz those these next two questions connect to what we just talked about and those two questions are my daughter does best when there are routines how strictly do i need to follow the daily routine while we're at home and also a lot of neurotypical parents are saying to relax, let them watch TV, sleep late, et cetera, but that will be a disaster here. How do I know where to relax the schedule? So there's a lot of questions around this idea. And one of the things I want to point out is um, what matters right now is not your schedule. What matters right now is not your productivity or what you're getting done. What matters right now is your relationship with your family. Because here's the deal, ladies and gents. We don't know how long we're going to be locked in our house with our families or roommates or whoever it is. I'm operating under the assumption that it's at least another two more months until I'm going to be able to see someone other than my family in person. And two more months of pretty much spending 24 hours a day with my kids and my wife and my dog. What that means is if I'm prioritizing my kids doing their math assignment over their mental health and our relationship, things are going to go south in a hurry. I am not going to fight with my kids about doing homework or schoolwork or whatever it is now. I'm not going to do that because there's no release valve. They don't get to go to school or Cub Scouts or Kempo and get away from dad for a little while. And I don't get to go meet with a client or drive to the supermarket to get eggs in order to get away from my kids for a little while or to get away from my wife. My wife doesn't get to go to work, to get away from me. We can't get away from each other. So we want to prioritize relationships over the plan, whatever the plan may be. If your kid needs structure, let's give them the structure, but let's also have enough flexibility to keep things from exploding. Is that making sense? Oh
1: yeah. I think it's an amazing opportunity as Kira was touching on, to 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 practice our collaboration skills as a family, to really dive into that that time and that space of how do we really let our kids feel like they're part of the planning process?
2: Yeah, I agree. Awesome. I agree, and if, I I like the I like the distinction. There is because I understand what the person who was asking the question about structure saying if I do nothing that's not good for my kid either that's a valid that's a valid point Mm -hmm. and then as Lolly was saying that's an opportunity to collaborate you know like let's let's say well like what are four things you want to have in your day and let them write it down put it on sticky notes put it somewhere whatever however you want to sort of track it and have them put it in their day make a structure
0: right Mm -hmm. one of the things that I've been trying to use to create a structure for my kids day, which I admittedly have lost track of is um, so I need to redo it, is that at the end of each day and we've probably done this like 50 percent of the time, I'm not trying to pretend I'm amazing, but uh, at the end of the day, they have to tell me three things that fall into any of the following categories, something you learned, something you practiced or something you made. Okay. I don't care. How it breaks down. You can have three in practice or three in made, or one in each or two in learned and one in uh, made. It doesn't matter. but but that structure helps keep everybody tuned into, oh wait, we have to do something useful in the course of our day. Um, so if that's helpful, use it. Uh, next, I love this one because it's so short and so rich. Um, yeah <laughs> my mom's anxiety makes me anxious. Anybody want to take this one?
2: Well I think um, yeah. <laughs> go go ahead, ahead, Did you have something on that lolly?
1: You go first
2: um well, I would start by having that conversation just saying when you are like expressing a lot of anxiety or whatever that's that's like you're giving it to me like you're handing it off to me and that's the effect that it's having right so i'd say first start with a conversation um i mean you're 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 in a house together you're gonna have to exist with one another so the only way out because you can't open the door and leave is is that communication really. And some of the things that we've done, for example, um, so the anxiety in my house tends to be more about the, you know, the coronavirus and all the things related to it. And so we have limitations on how frequently we look at information and we have like an evening cutoff time, like no conversations about anything hard. And that could be, news or that could be like oh hey tomorrow i want to do xyz it's like no we're not gonna have that conversation after 8 p.m we can have it until that point or we can have it tomorrow morning but we all need to like wind down at a certain time
0: awesome and and i think the most
1: important thing too is that mom may not have any she may not even realize that her child is picking up her anxiety. She may even think, "What? Well, I, I'm not. You know, I, that that she's hiding it per se." But mm-hmm. it could be a really amazing conversation to develop some awareness and a conversation for both of them. Yep how how do they how do they feed each you know how does each other's emotional tone feed into each other?
0: Yeah, because there's an inverse of this, too, right? That's really critical to see, which is my anxiety makes my mom anxious, too, right? Like that's in here somewhere, whether this person knows it or not. So it's important that everybody understands that typically anxiety is going to raise to the level of the person who has the highest anxiety Mm -hmm. in that situation, unless someone anchors themselves and intentionally stays calm and, and is the rock for lack of a better term. And then they can often deescalate everybody else. And there's all kinds of skills and strategies for that, that I'm not going to go into right now because this episode will never end. But, um, but maybe I'll do that later on.
1: I just want to say kudos to whomever sent you that question, because I think it's great that they have that, that perspective. Mm-hmm. To say, "Hey, this is what's going on. This is why I'm feeling this way. And kudos to them for that emotional maturity and awareness.
0: Oh, absolutely. yeah. and and in terms of escape hatches, right? Uh, Kira mentioned sort of conversations as one, but there's other escape hatches too. There's sometimes what gets what's happening with anxiety is it's the fractured relationship that that it contributes to. It's either it's either sort of making little cracks in our relationships or it's the cracks that are causing the anxiety. So doing things to come together as a family and connect can also help reduce anxiety especially if the things we're doing are like escapist kind of. So playing a board game together, watching a TV show together, those kinds of activities can help us c- relax. Read a, read a book to your kids, have them read a book to you. That's all of that stuff can help us unwind and relax.
2: Right. It's and I'm something- I- I just want to add to that too. That's fantastic. And when you do those activities, make sure that you don't, you make yourself stay in that activity and not slip into, Oh, and by the way, did you do whatever, or by the way, like, don't forget tomorrow, you know, like leave all that stuff when you're yeah. doing activity, just do the activity.
0: That's awesome. And and that's critical. That's, that's so important. And, and also what you mentioned about no new content after a certain time and that that can be seven, that can be eight, but once you're winding down, no new content and sometimes we ADHD folks mess that up. I know that, and I still mess it up every now and then. My kids got new Kindles yesterday because they need books, and uh I realized the Kindles had the same cover and was like, "I have stickers, let's put stickers on your Kindles and they were at like eight o'clock at night and they were overwhelmed by all the sticker choices, and they were like, "Can we do this tomorrow?" and I said, "Good point, yes, I should not have done that. I apologize so I'm totally with you. Even stickers are too much for new content. Um, Here's a one that's a little bit out of left field, but still good. And relates to stuff we've already talked about as a school social worker, working with kids remotely. I'm wondering if you know any good resources in creating remote social groups and helping kids with ADHD executive functions manage their day at home. So one strategy is zoom. That's from the jump, but how about you two?
1: I would ha- I would uh, definitely reach out to the schools. I know my boys, both of my boys' schools, they're having community Zoom sessions with like their homeroom and things. They're really uh, a lot of schools are putting a big emphasis on keeping the kids socially connected with their peers and their teachers. In in I think daily. A lot of schools are doing just like literally just a powwow. There's no schoolwork. There's no nothing. Just everybody come together and talk and connect. So I would re- first reach out to the schools, um, you know, to see what they're offering in that way. And if they aren't, you might be able to inspire them to put something together.
0: Um, Kira, any thoughts?
2: Um, I don't know of anything uh, specific uh, to social work, uh, zoom. Absolutely. I know that I've also seen kids use Google meetups. Maybe. I think that's what it's called. I'm not the, I'm not the Lolly. I'll let you correct me on that one. Um, but yeah, yeah,
1: that's a good one too. I mean, I think it's where, where are they? And, uh, you know, what's the platform
0: they can use, but the other complicating factor is confidentiality and I don't have a good answer.
1: Yeah. That's why I think if you can look at, into the schools in terms of what they're doing. And I know like there's a local martial arts center that is doing virtual classes, mm-hmm. you know, um, and things like that, where I think is a great resource for kids.
2: Well, you know, this also, so it sounds like the question is about cre- creating a remote social group mm-hmm. uh, For which all of those things can be great. Like you can be the person that you can schedule like a Google meetup and you can start them off and lead them if you want. You can exit and let them have that social interaction. I have uh, one teenager that I work with where her favorite part of every morning is when one teacher collects them all at one time. And for 10 minutes, she leads like a little session of some kind. I think it's music. And then she leaves and everyone else gets to stay on and talk to one another.
0: Cool. And one last thought on executive function. Um, learn how to run Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah. Dungeons mm-hmm. and Dragons is such a ridiculously awesome executive function tool. Yep. It's great for supporting executive function, especially right now. Uh, I have proposed to run a workshop on it at the International Conference on ADHD for this coming whenever that happens. So it's, it's phenomenal. Um, well, and I, you can listen back to the, an earlier episode that we had with Matt Faye talking about some of the uses of D and D. Although we did more therapy than, than exactly. yeah, that was
1: a and great still episode. It's still there. I want to get back into D D and D. I I played it when I was a teenager, when it first came out, like yeah. way back in the Dark Ages. But I think also too we need we need to think about. It. I was just listening to my boys. They're both on their gaming systems they're playing with a group of their friends and I just happened to stand outside uh, my older son's door and listen for a little bit. And I loved listening to like, okay, so we're going to go off in this section of the game. We're going to go collect this and then we'll meet you guys back in this area because then we can battle those guys and we'll have, and I was listening to all the strategy and collaboration, you know, and I think if you're not an avid gamer, which, I know a lot of parents are not. I think we miss that sometimes, Mm -hmm. that there's a lot of, that's a lot of executive function right there and collaborating and planning and strategizing and connecting with their,
0: you know? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right, we have two left, so we're bringing this in for a landing. All right. How do I help my son? focus and do some schoolwork while I'm also working, minding another child and trying not to get frustrated? Kiara, you want to start us off?
2: Um, I'm trying to guess, in order to answer the question, I'm a little bit trying to guess the age of her son who's trying to do schoolwork, because I'm guessing if it's not happening, well, okay, I can't guess. So <laughs> let me just try to answer the question. Um, I guess I would say, um, to some extent, the same way that when you're working, you need to sort of like have your kids fully engaged in something else. I'd say separate out when you're working and when you want your child to work, because whatever it is that you're doing now, where you're trying to do all the things at once, it's probably, it sounds like it's not working. So separate it out a little bit and try to like just do a little bit less of everything if that's possible. So like you do your work and your kids are engaged in something else. I mean, I hate to say screens, but it could be, you know, it could be watching something. It could be doing a game that they like, whatever that is. And then when it's time for your kid to do the schoolwork, try to do something that takes less of your mental you know what less of your thought less thought on your behalf so that you can pivot and be available to sort of keep your son on track with the schoolwork.
1: i was very similarly i'm a big proponent of body doubling of kind of working in tandem and i agree that like you can't be trying to write your dissertation but you might be paying bills or answering, you know, filtering through your email box to get the junk out of there. But sitting, I think the dining room table is a, a, a prime spot to be like, Hey, you sit across from me. I'll sit. We both have this. What are we, what are you working on? What am I working on? And there's just not a sense of being like, Oh, I have to do my math work alone. Like there's just something to have, You know, I have to pay bills now too. That stinks. All right, let's be miserable together, (laughs) but you're doing something in tandem. And I know with my, uh, with Brody, my younger son, that's huge. And now he asks me sometimes he'll be like, Hey, can we work together? Not, you know, and we're not actually working together. It's in tandem, but there's Mm -hmm. just that um, body doubling can be really, really helpful for kids
0: one of the things i'm hearing as a through line through a lot of these questions as subtext is there's a lot of fear about kids falling behind there's mm-hmm. a ton of fear of about kids falling behind and here's the deal you're not alone everybody literally everybody like on the face of the planet mm-hmm. is in the same position we're all in the same spot so you don't need to worry about your kids falling behind because everyone's kid is struggling to keep up and maintain and everyone's kid is going to fall <laughs> behind a little bit. And everyone's kid is going to, going to have a hiccup and be affected by this. Exactly. Everybody. Well,
1: and I know our, uh, in an email from our school superintendent, you know, he pointed out the fact that teachers every fall enter the classroom, knowing that they need to, kind of get a sense of where students are walking into their classroom in September or August, and what they need to do to get them back up to where they need to be to start moving forward in that Mm -hmm. curriculum. And he said, listen, we as educators are all going to walk into those classrooms this fall, hopefully, well aware of the fact that these kids haven't missed, you know, a summer's worth of time, They've missed multiple months of worth of time. They're going to calibrate those first weeks of school accordingly. Right. You know, they're not going to walk in with the same approach that they would every single year before this.
0: Yeah. And and circling back to the notion that we're all in this same position, right, that everyone is having the same uh, uh, consequences of COVID-19. That can either be terrifying or comforting depending on how you look at it. And to some degree you can pick like, yeah, you're going to have an emotional response to that. And that's okay. you that emotional response is either, Oh my God, or, Oh, that's kind of nice. That kind of makes me feel like I'm part of a bigger hole. But once you get through to the other side of the, Oh my God, you can say, I think maybe I'm going to try and feel comforted by that and make that effort and see what happens. And if it doesn't work, I'm sorry, but I haven't given you any new information that you didn't already have. Um, it's just important to recognize that we're all kind of in a similar boat here. And mm-hmm. then final question, it's really long. So I'm going to like piece, piece it together I, a little bit. Can I
2: go back to the, yeah. back to the other question though? I just want to give one other possible, um, strategy. I don't, again, I don't know how old the kid is, but, uh, Lolly sort of made me think of this with the body doubling. Um, If you can't be the body double and you really do think some schoolwork still needs to happen or you want to, like, give an opportunity for that, try to connect your son to a peer or a couple of, you know, a couple of friends and just have them get online together. And they may not get as much done as they would you know in the school but as brendan was pointing out that's really not what we're aiming for we're just aiming for doing our best and trying to get something done and then calling
1: that good enough
0: yeah yeah and last Uh, question well no
1: i no. i just wanted to say i i noticed this this one question about a parent wanting their child setting an expectation that they want their child with ADHD to read 30 minutes twice a day, starting on Monday, as well as their online classes. And I just have to bite into that one and say, is that something that they were doing before this? Were they reading twice a day for 30 minutes independently? If they weren't, I don't think this is a time to set brand new reach goals. Right. This is not a time to say, we're going to now, you know, all of a sudden conquer this challenge in this space. I would set a really short goal that maybe fits within what they've already been doing. And my other advice is, if you have that expectation for them, how often do they see you sitting down and reading a book? hmm Maybe there's another good body doubling chance. I'll sit down with my book. You sit down with your book. Right. And, you know?
0: And also, and I've I, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast or not because I've said a a lot of things to a lot of different people and it's starting to blur a little bit, but um, you don't need to do everything. You don't need to do everything. So now like, you're not going to clean your closet out. You're not going to like polish your hardwood floors. You're not, you're not going to learn how to change the oil in your car. Those things that you kept saying, I'll do it when I have enough time that you're not doing right now, when you have all this time, you're not going to do it tomorrow either. And that's okay. It's totally fine that you're not doing those things because this is overwhelming. Ladies and gentlemen, we are living through a traumatic experience. It's just not a sudden acute trauma. It is a dragging it out over months trauma. And, and all it's a of trauma us,
1: that doesn't have an endpoint.
0: Right. And we don't know
1: traumatic. and we don't know what our landscape right. is going to look like when we get out of this. Yeah. You and, know, and I think that we don't we need to appreciate just how much mental and emotional bandwidth. This is taking up as adults, and we need to be just as sensitive that even if our kids aren't watching tons of news and everything, they're hearing about it, they're aware of it, and we need to respect that that much bandwidth, if not even more, is being taken up for them.
0: Right. Awesome. Kira?
2: I know there's no question and you guys just said something beautiful, but I to can I, if I can, I want to share with you one of my favorite things that I set up in our house, which is sort of like an overall strategy for living in harmony with other people in a small space over a long time is I have a, um, the it's like what you have in hotels, like a little door hanger on everybody's bedroom door. And it says like, do not disturb. I'm either working or I'm on zoom or whatever. Like, Do not disturb. Or you can flip it over like, I'm working, but if you got something, like knock on the door, or you can just take it off or leave your door open, right? But that gives you a little feeling of control because a lot of what you don't feel right now is control. Like you feel like you don't have control over a lot. So little places where you can control when you have the quiet that you want, or or you have the open door when you want the open door. You know, That's just like a little thing that you can do.
0: Hey, you're still here. Nice. Thanks for staying focused all the way through. If you have any thoughts or questions about today's episode, feel free to email me at brendan at And don't forget to check out the website, ADHDessentials.com. And visit our Facebook community. I'm looking forward to talking to you again next week. In the meantime, keep focusing on improvement over perfection. better is all you need.